What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode five of season two of the Ivy League Mindset Podcast. This week, I got to sit down with Mitch Taylor from Life of Leisure, and we chatted about a lot of great things. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Ivy League Mindset. Today, we're sitting down with Mitch Taylor. He's an entrepreneur, a surfer, and he's a big uh, member of the community here in London, Ontario. So Mitch, why don't you give our listeners a little summary of who you are and what you're about. Sure. Uh, Mitch Taylor. Um, I own uh, a creative services agency in London called Claim Your Leisure Media. Um, primarily, uh, for the past five years, I've been operating a, a clothing brand called Life of Leisure uh, Surf and Social Club. Um, I, uh, I like to create stuff. Um, I like to tell stories, uh, I like to surf, um, and uh, I'm passionate about uh, good balance in life, um, you know, lifestyle and, and, and entrepreneurship. I've recently labeled myself as a lifestyle entrepreneur on LinkedIn, um, which in my mind is kind of like, um, I, I put a lot of effort and a lot of thought and a lot of time into what elements I want to be in my lifestyle. And work back from there and, and business entrepreneurship is a tool to uh, accomplish those things basically one thing that I really respect about you and that I love about you and we've known each other for a little while now is uh, like when we first started hanging out and talking we both connected over the book uh, the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss and I read it and I like thought of all his ideas and I was like man that'd be so nice to do this because I was already sort of set in a career and doing my thing, but you read that book and you thought to yourself, I want to build a job and a career around the things that I'd love to do in life so that every day doesn't feel like work at all, which is what you've done with all your leisure stuff. Talk to me about like the mindset of what it was like once you read that book to then put that plan into action. Well, I think that like that book is all about tactics to put plans into action you know what I mean so uh, it my life kind of became about about tactics like what tactics do I use what work what doesn't work um, and you know that's that's very um, indicative of the entrepreneurial experience is you you try something you iterate if it works you go with it if it doesn't you know you switch directions right and, um, at that time, uh, I wish I'm terrible with, with years, but um, maybe seven years ago now, maybe more, uh, which is crazy to think about, but I was in Costa Rica on a surf trip and I had a job in, in construction where it was seasonal, um, would work for the summer months, the months where the ground wasn't frozen basically, and then when, uh, when digging stopped, um, we stopped. I did utility locates. Um, amazing job. So much like freedom and stuff like that. And my parents and, and people around me were shocked. Like you have a job with this much freedom and you still want to be more autonomous. Yeah. You still want more autonomy. They're like, you're, you're crazy. Um, but that job allowed me to travel in the winter months. So we went down to Costa Rica and, and rented a spot for three, four months. And, um, it was right around the time that like Instagram had become a thing. Um, and I was really intrigued by 
first of all, just like it's influence on people, social media's influence on people. It, from my own personal life, I started to realize like, man, I'm spending a, an insane amount of time on this. Um, like, what does this even mean? And then um, knew in the back of my head that I wanted to sort of shift to something more autonomous, something more, um, you know, something that I, I drive the ship sort of thing. And, Designed a website and uh, uh, started social media feeds and, and read the four hour work week like in sort of that same shot. And, um, you know, it, it, it focused me on tactics. And, and that's, you know, that whole book is really about like taking stock, thinking about your time very carefully. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that's huge, I think. That's what, to me, being a lifestyle entrepreneur boils down to, and uh, I think he uses the term lifestyle design in that book, um, which is sweet, wish I invented that. <laughs> um, but it's like thinking just critically about, you know, or objectively about the hours in the day, the hours it takes to accomplish certain things, and um, working back from there. So I knew I wanted to learn about running a business, um, the Life of Leisure brand actually started as an excuse to go out and ask people in Costa Rica, um, property owners, boutique hotel owners, restaurant owners, you know, how they got started, how they, how they uh, um, were able to, because there's people from all over the world there, yeah. um, how they were able to come from where they're from and start a business there. And um, I started investing in real estate like pretty young in my 20s, just, you know, I've always sort of had this mindset of, you know, what are the things that I inevitably have to do in life and like how can I make them work for me to free up time? Yes. Um, and uh, so I was interested, I wanted to buy property and like build a spot and just be able to go surf all the time basically, which is still a goal. Um, but uh, yeah, the four hour work week started that iterative process of like, you know, understanding my time, understanding my income, understanding and, and clarifying my goals and, and turning them into actionable items and moving towards them, you know? Yeah. And in those early days, I'm sure there was a lot of like frustration, a lot of trial error, a lot of failure. Did you ever think about like going back to that gig that you had as a locator and being like, man, this is too hard for me? Or was that goal of like lifestyle design, doing what you want to do, the like go-getter to make you keep moving forward? No, it was like I worked that job uh, while I was doing it. I ran out of money a few times and went and did other jobs. I worked in general contracting with my good buddy for a, a, a lot of time. Um, I'd say for the first five years, if not more, um, there would be times when I'd take on certain projects or things like that to make money um, in, in a different way to sort of fuel the... Yeah. the you know, the learning process, I guess. Um, I mean, I'll probably reference Tim Ferriss a thousand times <laughs> yeah. you know, in yeah, anything yeah. I say because the guy is like, all of his content has been massively influential on me, but he um, talks about somewhere about how, you know, rather than spending 100K and going back to business school, he decided to invest it and and learn, you know, baptism by fire style. And yeah. that was kind of the position I was in back after that trip to Costa Rica is, you know, do I go back to business school? Do I spend the money on that? 
Um, or do I just start and, and, and try and learn as I go? And uh, I chose the, the second option and, and that's kind of been it. But yeah, like copious amounts of financial stress. Like I've totally run out of money. Um, I've had to borrow money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and that doesn't really stop ever because as the projects and things get more ambitious, yeah. You know, part of what you're practicing is is your risk tolerance and like, you know, your your tolerance needs to be outside of your comfort zone with stuff like that. So, um, the failure and and recovering from failure is huge. Is like the one of the, is the most important thing. Like our shop, for example, that you know, prior to, um, had like having that shop for two and a half years, everything we did in there from like throwing the parties, working with musicians, the retail, all of it, you know, we, there were successes and failures along the way. But then when it came to like purchasing the property and like carrying on, um, we put so, I put so much time and effort into uh, a business model that would work in there, a plan, like, logistics of how the whole plan would get executed like you know I can show you the like documents of like things that weren't there before that are here now yeah and then that deal falls through and it's just like garbage all that work yeah but and then and you know you spend so much mental energy and time and, and you know you try and keep emotion out of it but emotion gets in there regardless right so you put a lot of energy into it and then it's just like it's like you've created this like friend and thing that's gonna exist yeah. like along with you and and uh, and, it, and it, it disappears. So I think yeah, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be willing to to deal with that kind of stuff. And how do you deal with that? Because like for anyone, you put that much time and effort into something, it's so heartbreaking. I know a lot of people might take that and just like discouragement eats them up. I think like you, there's a hump you get over in the beginning. Like if you take that that step and get over that initial hump and realize as you're getting over that initial hump that the humps are gonna get bigger and bigger and that's the process. Like for me, um, I just, you know, I get that that's a thing. And um, I don't know, you, 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 you you put in the work to understand the process, I guess, to really understand the process. Yes. And, and, and then don't beat yourself up and, and you know, keep, keep chugging forward, basically. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like anything, right? It's like uh, you're a little overweight and you want to lose some weight and you're like, all right, I'm going to hit the gym really hard this week and the scale doesn't move. And then it's like, I'm gonna hit it again hard this week and the scale doesn't move, but it's that like long-term process that you have to think about yeah. and know that like, okay, short-term it's gonna be a little rough, but you just keep staying consistent, you keep putting in the work and the long-term goal is, is yeah. well worth it. Yeah, and I think, you know, that um, tying back to what we, we started talking about and, and the influence of four-hour work week, like, you know, goals. If you have goals and, and you, you know, they're clear, um, there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know what I mean? Like, you can get to what you're trying to get to in copious different ways. 
Um, so if one you know door closes, then you're looking for the next one or build the next one, I guess. Yeah. Right. So that that that's how I look at it, mm -hmm. and, and um, it. it uh, I think it gets easier to be honest. Like you just you get the more you practice something, the more you get better at it. Quite frankly, so. Um, but again, the the focus is time, right? The focus is time on, and you want good return on investment of your time, so that the rest of that time is is freed up yeah. to you know do do what you want to be doing: sure. surfing, traveling, writing, painting. You know. Yeah. And the trumpet. For sure. I mean, time's like the one thing we don't get back, right? Like, 100%. you can lose a bunch of money and you can work hard and get your money back, yeah. but like, we don't get yesterday back. Time is the limiting asset that we have in our life that you have to yeah. take full advantage of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100% believe that. So. so, you chat, you talk about goals there for a sec. Do you have any specific uh, formulas or like ways that, like, when this idea comes to your head that you want it to be a goal, how you map it out so that you can achieve it? Um, I just write everything down. I keep like to-do lists. Um, and I, there's a Ted talk I, I watched. I couldn't reference who, who it was or who said it, but, um, I keep to-do lists and I understand that writing things down gives you like sort of the same biochemical boost as, as doing the thing. Yeah. So I acknowledge that in the process of the to-do list, but I, I just keep track, you know what I mean? And, and, um, and try and hold myself as accountable as possible. I think right now I'm in an interesting phase because I don't have very well-defined long-term goals um, because like we were talking about, parenthood is just so full on, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. you gotta be present for, for those moments that um, I, I haven't thought a lot about five years down the road. Um, I've just been doing everything I can to, to kind of make sure everything right now is good and solid and, and uh, you know what I mean? But I think for me, what works is just writing it down and yeah. referencing it and writing it down and referencing it and working on the idea and clarifying the vision and, and um, you know, eliminating things that are noise or distraction yeah. or not important mm -hmm. you know what I mean um, Tim Ferriss is a guy who talks a lot about the 80-20 principle Pareto's law how you know 20% of the things you do provide 80% of the return and you know it works in multiple ways yeah you know? um, so I try and just be super um, I'm always calling you know what I mean I'm always calling and always thinking about you know what is this important why is it important and, and writing it down and re-referencing. Yeah. I'm daily, you know, start my day in my journal and, and finish my day in my journal for the most part. Yeah. So I know, like, even for me, uh, my journal that I write in usually every morning and every single night for sure, uh, the fact that when you can put an idea in your head down on paper and physically see it, it's very, very transformative. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of times where I come up with these ideas and I don't write them down, and then you go back the next day or the day after and it's not there anymore, you can't find it. Or you just think of it in your head and maybe you continue to think about it every single day in your head. Yeah. And it's always just that thought where like when you write it down on paper or put it in a to-do to -do list or something like that, yeah. that's where it becomes real and it's like, all right, like I can achieve that, I'm gonna go after that. Yeah. 
And it's funny too how I think, you know, those things just have a way of, of finding you too. Like, um, I wrote down and I found it in, in an old journal, like probably something, because I, you know, have probably been doing this since my early 20s and I'm, I'm 31 now. So, um, in an old, old journal saying, you know, Tim Ferriss thing, like list all the material things you want so you can start to figure out how much that's going to cost you and how yeah. much money you got to generate. And one was a, a house by the beach in, in Ontario by London, by my family and stuff like that. And it wasn't something I actively pursued, which is crazy. It just, circumstances just conspired. It's like, oh, here's this house, you know, a hundred steps from the beach and it's actually cheaper than the houses in your market. Yeah. And I was like, this is why to yeah. that, that, you know what I mean? So I think there's, that's never time wasted is writing down things you're thinking about or things you want and, and, um, you know, things you want to do. Yeah. That's super important. I think is, is just give it life on paper and mm -hmm. that'll, you know, kind of stoke the fire to bring it to, to life. For sure. For, for yeah. And for our listeners and viewers, we're sitting in that house by the beach today doing this interview. Yeah, these pictures by my boy Andrew White, uh, Benchhead Drew. Um, I got his stuff all up all over the house, but um, yeah, I, I'm very uh, like water for me is is like the thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. When I started meditating, I don't know if you call it like in this is more like mindfulness meditation, but like. The, the inflow and outflow of the breath, I'm always picturing uh, waves washing in and washing out. Yeah. And now at night, we can crank the windows open most nights and, and hear it. And like in the fall, when the wind picks up and the waves pick up, you can like feel them pounding the shore in the house and stuff. And something about that just like gasses me up. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, like I mentioned in your intro, you're a surfer. Yeah. So that's why water, the lake, is near and dear to your heart. A lot of people wouldn't think that you can surf in Ontario. Yeah. But if anyone has followed Life of Leisure or you've seen any of these crazy guys, fall and winter is sort of like your surf season here in Ontario. Um, yeah. Ta yeah, talk about that a little bit. Like. Well, yeah, so fall, fall and uh, uh, winter bring um, the cold weather. And, and basically... Uh, the way waves are created is, is you know, typically an energy transfer from wind to water. Yeah. There's like the science around the wind is, is, is like mind blowing. It's like so trippy to, to think about. But when you think of a wave moving through water, it's the water isn't moving. It's energy moving through the medium of water. So it's like a sound wave. So if you have like a big storm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you know, a couple of days later, swell's gonna show up in Hawaii kind of thing. Um, and, and that, that to me, like understanding that has made, has made me enjoy surfing so much more because you're a part of this like thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're participating in, in something that, you know, took place hundreds of miles away sometimes yeah yeah and it just it it i think where people um are kind of missing the mark in like modern life is uh a 
connection with nature and, and the natural environment around them. And surfing has really brought a lot to my life that way because it, it you just come out of the water feeling energized yeah. from it. And uh, so yeah, anyway, fall winter around here is is the season because the lakes kind of like act as a micro environment of what I just described, like you know, storm in the middle of yeah. uh, the ocean and, and waves going to Hawaii. It's like when the waves are up on the lake, the storm is on, like it's happening because it's a smaller environment and there's just not, you know, there's not enough medium for the energy to travel through for like yeah. proper groundswell. So like if on an ocean your, your uh, swell duration is 12 seconds, that means you have 12 seconds between one wave and the next. It's usually half that on the lakes. So that's why it's kind of like, at certain spots at certain times it can be kind of crazy it's almost like being in a washing machine you know what i mean but yeah um yeah it's it's you know when the water or sorry when the the wind comes in cold and the water's warm there's just like a uh that's the best uh environment for energy transfer and that's when the waves tend to be the best and that happens right up until the lakes freeze in yeah mid-february if they freeze yeah for the most part and then, uh, like, I think some of you guys are crazy because it'll be, like, middle of December. Yeah. You guys are out there surfing. You come out, like, beards frozen, ice training. Yeah. What's your mind like, like, trying to prepare yourself knowing that you're going to freeze your ass off? I, I might not be the best lake surfer to talk to about, like, the ice cold sessions. Like, I've done them. Um, it's, it's, but there's guys who, like, live and breathe that. So I'm, you know, I'm going to start off by saying I'm not an authority on that subject. Like yeah. I'll, I'll, I'd rather spend the money on a plane ticket to get somewhere where I can surf in forties than like yeah. tough out the winter here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's like anything that's an exercise in, in coming into a super stressful situation and, and trying to calm your mind. Like I'll do a cold shower every morning. Um, it's the same physiological response to that um it's just kind of uh you know what's the word i'm looking for here like exponentiated by the fact that there's like sometimes driving snow and, and big waves it just makes it that much more extreme yeah but essentially like when you go in and get that blast of cold water it's the same physiological response as having yeah. a cold shower yeah probably not as cold as you could get it in the shower but like an ice bath um, um, so yeah, just kind of preparing yourself for that. So it's like mental vision, breath kind of thing. And yeah. Then, uh, you know, hoping your wetsuit doesn't rip open and turn into an ice cube. You know yeah. what I mean? But the, the wetsuits, the rubber is extremely, uh, it keeps you warm, you know, and it, it, you just got to be able to recognize when there's been times where, you know, the hands get frozen and the limbs start to go because the waves are good and you want to stay out. Right? Yeah. But physically, it, it takes its toll on you. Yeah. So, um, just trying to, to stay in your in your body and, and, you know, then have a good time. But surfing in general is an exercise in that because, you know, if you're not attuned to where you are and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to catch any good waves anyway. So, um, yeah preparing like I hate it the worst part is is after getting the wetsuit off that's when you freeze yeah that's when you freeze for sure but yeah it's uh 
it's fun. It's not to everybody, but we, we have fun doing it. And I think, you know, the, it's it, like I said, you practice it, right? So the more you go out and you, you get into these kind of situations, the less wild it seems. But yeah. I've frozen up at like spots and breaks, being like, I can't go in, too scared. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the reward is worth all that pain and punishment that you put yourself through. Like the reward of doing what you love to do, surfing, being out on the water, yeah, you deal with it. Just like the frustrations of starting a business, the reward of having that free time in your life to be doing what you're doing, it's yeah. all worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. It, it's I think the the you know, talk a lot about process. I think anytime you push yourself into uncharted territory to do something that, you know, is is really uncomfortable. Um, you come away from that like having grown as a person and I, I like that process yeah and that's that's kind of why I do everything I do yeah. like first time first time I went surfing on the lakes we went to Bayfield on the wrong wind I had a wetsuit that was too small and a board that was too small and we jumped in and I'm following a buddy of mine who's uh, like used to babysit me as a kid and uh, it's like gnarliest dude ever like this guy's like you know he lives out in squamish now and, and just you know has been his whole life like an extreme sports madman and, and just an all-around crazy dude yeah great guy but crazy guy um and uh he jumps in and i jump in and the waves are going the wrong way on, on, a, on in bayfield you want a northwest wind so the waves wrap around the pier and you get so this was a southwest wind so the waves were literally slamming into the pier and reverberating off and just like creating this massive washing machine. And I'm like, this is fucked. We can't surf this. You know what I mean? And, and so I didn't know anything about how the lake surfing worked or wind directions, weather, anything at that point. I was just following this guy's lead. And uh, we get out and we're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Let's go to Lake Erie. Let's come here. Yeah. And I was so freaked out from having jumped in, in this water and literally thought I was going to drown that when I got here, I, I froze. I couldn't go in the water. I just sat on the pier and, and watched the whole time. The guys were catching waves and it looked fun, yeah. but I couldn't do it. I was like, I'm just too freaked out. And, and now I'm living here, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And, and like, so it, I, that process of still show up to spots and, it's big or it's cold and it's it's gnarly and, and whatever that that constantly you know tests your metal I guess and, yeah and it, you know it's uh it's the same thing with with business um it's just uh I guess no maybe it's not more calculated with business it's you gotta be smart in both situations if you throw yourself into a bad you know situation in the water you can probably fucking die yeah um with business, you probably won't die, but you could lose some money or invest too much time into a thing or a person or a deal, and, for sure. And you won't get it back. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, maybe to wrap this up, you have any uh, tips or strategies that you can give our listeners if they want, if they have these big goals out there they want to accomplish, or I think uh, just like just start trying whatever it is you want to do, or or at least start to think about what it is you want to do. A lot of people, I think, complain about their circumstances or where they want to be without consciously thinking about what they would do or how they would do it. Um, it, it it's got to start with some semblance of goals and a, a plan.
again and it'll work back, you know? Yeah. Um, but once you have that, yeah, like just try it. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, try not to worry too much about what other people think, but take that with a grain of salt because, you know, your family's your family, your relationships are your relationships. It's kind of silly to double middle finger everybody and just be like, <laughs> this is what I do now. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, you know, if you can logically and rationally explain to them what your goals are based on and what your plan is, hopefully they support you, you know? And if they don't, hopefully they still hang around. Yeah. And, but don't worry too much about that. Like, you know, you've got to focus on you and being happy and doing your thing. So, yeah, try it and don't worry too much about it. I like it. And if uh, they want to get a hold of you, where they can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram as at Leisure Mitch. Uh, Life of underscore Leisure is the uh, clothing brand, and I should know what our handle is for the media company. Um, it's called Claim Your Leisure Media Inc. Um, We'll link it all below yeah, so everyone can get yeah. to it. Mitch Taylor. Yeah. Fuck me up. Yeah. yeah. Send me an email. Give me a call. Ask Dan for my number. Yeah. Yeah. Beauty, um, buddy. Yeah. Man. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Cool. Um, I got a question for you before we finish. Okay. Um, what got you interested in doing a podcast? Uh, so the main reason I wanted to start a podcast, I've been listening to podcasts for like seven or eight years now. Uh, it started when I was working in Mississauga and I drove every single day for a year commuting and music wasn't cutting it for me. I had to like start listening to people talking. Like I used to listen to AM radio all the time and I just enjoyed the talking. And I clicked that little purple icon on the iPhone that I'd never seen before. And back then there is maybe like a hundred podcasts. Like all the guys that are at the top of the game now were like the guys that I was listening to back then. And um, the Joe Rogan experience is one of the podcasts that I love the most. I've learned so much from listening to him have conversations with people and that's why I wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to have these cool conversations with people. Um, I was trying to do it by myself and it wasn't working out and then finally I approached Hawk and Hawk and I are on the same like wavelength when it comes to mental stuff, training stuff. We'd be doing these workouts and we'd be just having these conversations and I was like, man, like, these are beauty conversations. People need to hear what we're talking about. Um, so I approached him with the idea of starting a podcast, he was down to do it, and um, yeah, our goal is just to have conversations with people and try to help as many people as possible from learning things from us talking to people, mm -hmm. which is what I've done through listening to podcasts, and I think it's just a powerful medium for people to learn. I would, I would say, like, going back to your last question, most important thing or like piece of advice is make time in your life to consume content around that kind of stuff yeah because like mindset you know if it's business or entrepreneurship you want to get into you know if you want to train like make time to learn about the stuff you think you need in your life I, it's, it's huge like I'm the same same way love consuming content love reading um I think it's massively important for people to, to you know, achieve and, and maintain a certain quality of life. So. For sure. And it's so easy nowadays. Like if there's a skill that you want to learn or there's something you want to get better at, there's YouTube, there's podcasts, there's 
Google, there's like endless amounts of possibilities where like only 10 years ago, you had to go to a library and look at a book and try to read it. Like I'm not a big, I love reading, but I'm not a big like open a book and read. Yeah. But audiobooks are like my jam because I'll throw it on when I'm cutting the grass or I'm driving or I'm doing something. There's so many different mediums nowadays for you to be able to consume the content that you want to get in the way that works best for you. Yeah. That, yeah, it's easier than ever. There's no excuse to really not do what you want to do now with what we have out there. Yeah, and I think it's almost like shifted to where there's like an overabundance of content where the, the it can become a, a, a impediment to taking action. Yeah. The same way I kind of said like you do the to-do list and that gives you like that good feeling that you're accomplishing something without actually doing it. Yeah. So does a podcast listening to it and like thinking in your head, fuck yeah, like I can I'll bang out a hundred reps or whatever, yeah. whatever, right? It's yeah. like, you know, you, you've worked out without working out kind yeah. of thing. Um, I think that's like the, the challenge now is, is calling and, and finding that balance between like learning and action um, on a day-to-day basis, like a time management, like function of your life. Book time in for learning, book time in for executing. For sure. And, and stick to it. For um, sure. But you can't have one without the other. No, you need to be doing because you need to be failing to be able to learn what you're doing wrong to keep moving that propeller forward. Yeah. I respect this though, man. I appreciate you having me on here because I've, uh, I've thought long and hard about a, a podcast and a concept and I love this sort of, you know, atmosphere of, you know, talking about what makes people tick and, and what makes them tick more efficiently and, and you know, I, uh, so I appreciate the fact that you've had me on here. Okay. Right. Thanks, we appreciate it. Until next time, cheers guys. Thanks so much guys for tuning into another episode. Really hope you enjoyed that one. And like always, we're also on Facebook and YouTube. So if you wanted to watch the video version of this one, check us out on either of those platforms. We really love it if you subscribe, leave us a review. We always want to hear what you guys think. If you'd like to get in touch with Mitch, you can find him on Instagram at Leisure Mitch. You can also find Life of Leisure on Instagram at Life of underscore Leisure. And you can check out their website, lifeofleisure.org. And like always, if you'd like to get a hold of us at Ivy League Mindset on Instagram, like I said, we're on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Ivy League Mindset. And to find Hawk, you can find him at, at Hawk Dation and myself at Dan DeLulo. Until next time, cheers, guys.